Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the middle of the frickin' Civil War, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 290, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, the nonprofit corporation for the advancement of philatelic. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott. This is Mark. This is Albert. And we get mail, because nobody else is joining us today. Good friend Henry Gittner posted a postcard indicia cut out and glued to an envelope with another stamp, and it did go through the mail. And before the podcast here, I was looking to see if this was an illegal usage, and I can't find anything that says that you cannot cut the indicia the stamp off a postcard and glue it to an envelope well i do know that well you're not supposed to reuse stamps that's illegal right so if 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 you have a an envelope with an uncanceled stamp that's been through the mail it's technically illegal to use that stamp if you take and put a stamp on an envelope and then say, oops, I messed up the address, and you want to put it on a different envelope, you can cut it off, glue it on there, and that's a legal usage. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking is you, especially with the cell sticks, you stick a stamp on an envelope, you end up not mailing it or something like that, and you can't really remove the stamp, so you cut around it, and you glue that on. I mean, when when they were licking stick, it was easy. You just soak it off, and you glue stick it on the next one but yeah with the self-adhesive stamps it's very difficult to do so you just cut around it nice and close and glue the whole thing on now the question is can you take a cut square from postal stationery either an envelope or a postcard and do the same thing yeah It, it was for many years illegal and it's also illegal in the upu regulations in the upu regulations if you do that whoever's supposed to cancel is supposed to write zeros around the indicia to indicate that there's no postal validity. Yeah, and I cannot find anything about that anywhere on the Internet or in the um, post, post office or anything. You know, this one here, let's see, the uh, yes, postcard you, is a 19 cent, and then he added another 37 cents on it. So the thirty-seven cent stamp obviously had tagging, and we know that you know with all the counterfeits that you know they buzz through quickly anyway. So it probably never got noticed. But the fact is that this guy, you know, there is a nineteen cent cutout from a postcard that was accepted as valid postage, and he overpaid by one cent. Anyway, <laughs> Ooh. but it's not like you're going to now use the postage on the. Envelope because it's already been cut off. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's not like you're going to use it for something else anyway. And by the way, if you didn't find it on the internet, it's probably because you only went to page one of Google like everybody else. It's probably the answer is probably on like page 24. Eh, well, I went through about five pages, but <laughs> you're right. I didn't go to page 24. 
Do they still have the PLNRs online? The postal regulations? Yes, they do. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, searching, can you use a postcard? See, when I typed in, can I use postcard stamp, they said fine. But you know, a postcard stamp is just it's just a one. Stamp. That, it, it's a stamp that that has a lower rate for yeah. a postcard. I'm looking for. Can you use the postcard indicia or something? And there just isn't anything. There was a series of envelopes that were sold in a large lot at Siegel's one year that were all made of indicia from the from the 1890s to the 1930s, and all of them were were hit by the post office and and uh, teed up as postage do. I remember hearing that you can't do it. Intuitively, I'm sure there's something against it somewhere. Um, post office is supposed to buy back things you can't use, but you can't sell back postcards. I have about $400 in face value of postcards, which I'm never going to use because I don't send postcards to anybody. And uh, it's, you know, just dead postage. Except for those people who are attending the local stamp show. Yeah. <laughs> Well, today in history, Jefferson Davis was inaugurated as the first and only president of the Confederate States of America after the South seceded. Inauguration Day. The ceremony was held at Montgomery, in Montgomery, I suppose, the first federal capital on February 18th, 1861. Exactly 140 years ago. 60 years ago, 160 years ago today. Davis was born on June 3rd, 1808 in Fairview, Kentucky. This was less than 100 miles from where Abraham Lincoln was born eight months later. However, their political philosophies were nowhere near as close. This was most likely due to the fact that although born in Kentucky, Davis spent most of his childhood in Mississippi and also lived in Louisiana. He was from a moderately well-to-do farming background. After graduating from the U.S. Military Academy, Davis served as a colonel of a volunteer regiment in the Mexican-American War. Davis was married twice, the first time at age 27 to Sarah Knox Taylor, the daughter of President Zachary Taylor, who died of malaria after three months of marriage. The daughter, right? Not the president? I believe. Well, the president died also. Yeah, which, he, he didn't last very long after inauguration. Which, yeah, it's an interesting thing, too, because there have been stories all along that, you know, he didn't wear his coat and that it was raining and everything. And you, they actually, you know, knew what the weather was. You know, they actually wrote in the newspaper what the weather was that day. And it wasn't raining and it wasn't unusually cold. And they talk about it and what almost everybody thinks is that he died of cold but what he actually probably died from is dysentery from the water at the white house so uh that you know you chalk that up there everybody no they also said that it didn't help that he gave a two-hour inaugural address yeah but quite a few people have given two-hour inaugural addresses and the second thing of course is you know follow the science you don't get colds from being cold that's correct <laughs> you can you can be as cold as you want that doesn't cause you to get a cold 
Well, his second marriage at age 36 was to 18-year-old Verena Davis. Prior to the Civil War, Davis operated a large cotton plantation in Mississippi and claimed ownership of over 100 enslaved people. Davis expected a call to serve the Confederacy once Mississippi seceded, and although he would have preferred to serve as commander-in-chief of the Confederate armies, he sent a telegraph to the Mississippi governor stating, Judge what Mississippi requires of me and place me accordingly. It was the judgment of the Confederate Constitutional Convention on January 23, 1861, that he should be named President of the Confederacy due to his strong political and military credentials. However, when the Confederacy's cause failed as it ultimately would, his weaknesses in the form of preoccupation with detail, reluctance to delegate responsibility, lack of popular appeal, feuds with powerful state governors and generals, favoritism towards old friends, inability to get along with people who disagreed with him, neglect of civil matters in favor of military ones, and resistance to public opinion, all were seen as reasons for the failure, David. Failure. I'm not going to read that sentence again. <laughs> so he I had missed faults. the period. Sorry. So he had faults. Yeah, he was a he was a flawed individual. <laughs> Davis died with his wife by his side in 1889 after an illness, which he had originally neglected to get treatment for. When he was captured after the after the end of the Civil War. The, the New York newspaper said he was caught in women's clothing. I don't know if that's true or false, but it was it was publicized like that. The other thing about it Davis, was it is not true. Okay, but it Dave, is not true. But Davis also served several terms as a U.S. senator and also was served as a Secretary of War mm-hmm. under uh, President Pierce. And he was president. Absolutely. So since today is the 160th anniversary of Jefferson Davis's inauguration, let's discuss inaugural covers, which are envelopes usually with a printed cachet depicting the president or other patriotic symbols postmarked on inauguration day. There are inaugural covers which are known to exist all the way back to the time of George Washington, but these are extremely rare and it wasn't until Herbert Hoover's 1929 inauguration that the famous cached inaugural cover was born. I know at least one of us at this table collects these covers. Who is that? Who? I think she's not. She's not in the uh, not in our audience. Today. Yeah, Becca. Becca wrote this, and uh, I think maybe it's Becca who girl collects them. But she's in San Francisco right now. So, uh, shout out to Becca. Um, I get inauguration covers. Uh, there are some very very cool ones. Uh, before, like George Washington didn't really have inauguration covers, but he, they had medals that they would mint for, I would say, every single president up to uh, Donald Trump and, you know, Joe Biden. I'm sure there's going to be one someplace, but I haven't seen it. So, uh, but inauguration covers are cool. Am I the only one who now who wants to go wild E. Coyote? <laughs> Super <laughs> genius. Yeah, that was a weird little uh, interruption there. Hmm. I mean, I remember my parents getting a uh, an Argo cover from uh, in the in the sixties from from their congressman. Mm-hmm. It was just it was sent out because congressmen didn't actually pay for the uh, 
you know, they had the franking privilege, but they actually sent them out, and it was. Uh, Calvin. What is that? That's it's Calvin. Scott's text messages. <laughs> oh, it's Calvin <laughs> texting me. Uh, Scott, you can turn your phone down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And there goes that. That wasn't me. That was the computer. It's not my fault. <laughs> so anyway, that happened. We can... Uh, that's about it. I haven't got anything else. Yeah. I ran, I ran into a beep beep wall there and it <laughs> blew everything out of my head. Roadrunner got you. So let's discuss the new issues of 2021. Yay. Well, first Since of it's... all, Scott, you have a story about press sheets. I do. The Postal Service announced that they are now... Uh, going to resume issuing the press sheets with no die cuts. To date, they have issued four commemorative issues with no die cuts. The Love Stamp, the August Wilson Stamp, the um, Year of the Ox Stamp, and the Shenzhen Wu Stamp, which was issued today, the day we're recording this. And... Um, I'm so far, I've been ordering them, and so far I'm two for four. I missed the first one, the love stamp, by about two weeks, and when I called, they said they sold out the second day of issue. Uh, I got the second one, which was the August Wilson sheet. Um, I called the day of issue, and I was able to get it. The third one, which was the year of the ox, uh, I called the day after issue and could not get it. They were sold out. And today I called for the Shenzhen Wu stamp and I was able to get it because today is the day of issue. Now, I do not know what the quantities are. I do know they're small. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, Linz will do some research on this and find out what the quantities are. Yeah. But I would suspect that they're probably less than maybe 200 sheets. Yeah, I'm kind of curious too. You know, did somebody call up and just say, yeah, I'll take them all? Uh, it's highly likely that yeah. they may have, and uh, it's unfortunate that the post office would allow that. They didn't. They didn't tell you how many you were limited to buy, right? When you ordered, uh, they did not. But uh, uh, like the one I got today is sixty-six bucks, which means it's a press sheet of six panes, and um, you know if I I can't necessarily afford to put two hundred of those on my credit card, so. Yes, there is a chicken stamp. They Just came out you. with a chicken stamp and a turkey and a goose and a goat and a pig and a ox. I guess that's supposed to be a cow, but it looks like an ox. Yeah, they're, they're mostly heads, which leads me to believe this is a taxidermy stamp. Ooh, taxidermy. Which is a, not a celebrated art. Underappreciated. Yeah. They also uh, have a rabbit stamp, and I'm kind of curious, is next year the year of the rabbit or something? Why Why is there a rabbit stamp? Or did they just decide on doing a rabbit stamp? Well, the bunny is... Um, is that pre-sort? Uh, no, it's an additional ounce. Oh, additional ounce, okay. Yeah. Oh. So and the, uh, the, the rabbit well, is actually uh, in, issued in both a sheet stamp and a coil. Of a hundred. 
I always say because they also have the butterfly stamp. That's usually the additional out. Uh, I believe the butterfly stamp is non-machinable. Yeah, non-machinable. Yeah. That's ah, okay. Well, two stamps that I wanted to talk about. One of them is a whole bunch of little squares with little patterns inside of it. It's a coated stamp. It has encoding. It's coated? A, it, is a, it is a coded, like a special message. And Not I, coded like wearing a coat. Oh, no, no. Coded like uh, cryptic. And I have decoded that message. You know, there's a secret message in the stamp. Right. It yeah. says, Epstein did not kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an odd, you know, position for the Postal Service. Yeah, that is. I, I'm kind of surprised by that. Yep. But if you get that stamp, yes, that's what the message says. No, uh, it's something about meat. What? What does it say? More than meets the eye. That's it. More than meets the eye. With an exclamation point at the yes. end. So it's like a transformer stamp? Yeah. More than meets the eye? I'll tell you that it's a nonsensical stamp. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to discern what the purpose of this particular commemorative is. Yes. Would they have accomplished more with a micro dot? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's another one that we do know what it's commemorating. Ah. They're coming out with the Go For Broke stamp. And Go For Broke was a uh, movie starring Van Johnson in, I believe, 1956. It has a um, Rotten Tomatoes rating of 56%. And uh, the stamp shows a picture of a soldier... Um, the soldier looks sort of like he's young, a young soldier. And then it also says that it's uh, soldiers who, uh, of Japanese American ancestry who, uh, fought in world war two, which there is a great story about, um, one. Forty-five years ago, Shingo Yamada was an officer in the Imperial Navy clinging to the wreckage of his cruiser as it floated in the water off Okinawa. Around him bobbed the remnants of the Japanese naval offensive of World War II. Basically, his uh, cruiser got dive-bombed by uh, American dive-bombers. And, you know, he they destroyed his ship. And uh, this fellow was born in Idaho. Um, like uh, many Japanese Americans who were in Japan, he was draft drafted into the Japanese Navy. And he served in the Japanese forces. So I think it's very interesting that um, this stamp uh, is honoring him. Because he fought against the United States, yet he's on a U.S. stamp. Now, would you like to hear the USPS depiction of the stamp? Well, we know what it is. It's go for broke. It says right on it. Go for broke. Van Johnson, Rotten Tomatoes, 76%. Okay. Okay, what does the USPS say? With this commemorative stamp, the Postal Service recognizes the contributions of Japanese-American soldiers, some 33,000 altogether, who served in the U.S. Army during World War II. Oh, hold on, hold on. Japanese army also. U.S. and Japanese army. No. 
The stamp printed in the intaglio method was based on a photograph. Go for Broke was the motto of the all-Japanese-American 100th Infantry Battalion 442nd Regiment Combat Team and came to represent all Japanese-American units formed during World War II. Uh, the, I believe that that is incorrect because there is nothing on this stamp that refers to the 144th. But it does say Go for Broke. And Go for Broke is that, well, admittedly, Gopher Broke was also a game show in the 1970s. And there was also a game called Gopher Broke, which was like Hungry Hungry Hippos. Okay. I just think it's interesting. Well, to all my Japanese-American friends that are in Hawaii, I will say that the Japanese-Americans who served in the war, and especially those that were interned on the West Coast, it was quite an ordeal for their families to have gone through and this this was a um, this is a an honor that they've deserved for many years. Uh, remember that uh, that the senator from Hawaii, Dan Inouye, he was one of the members of that uh, uh, military organization. And well, if you're missing my sarcasm, it is U.S. Post Office big fail here, not just little fail, huge, gigantic, enormous fail on this stamp. You may as well put a picture of Elvis on it. Elvis has left the building. <laughs> I can tell you that on the movie poster for Go For Broke, there is a depiction of Van Johnson kissing a woman who clearly is not interested in his affection. Uh, that is true. <laughs> so what other gorgeous stamps did they come out with? I actually like the design of the Western wear stamps. Yep. It's an, odd, it's an odd topic, I think, but I do think the designs actually look kind of cool. Hold on. The Western wear? Mm -hmm. Where is that one? I don't see it here. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's got a cowboy hat, a cowboy belt buckle, a cowboy shirt, and cowboy boots. Yeah, I kind of wish it would be actual pictures, though, because, the, I don't know, it's kind of stylized. It doesn't really... But I like, the, I like the stylizations. I think I like yeah. the colors. Yeah. I like the colors of them. I think the uh, the Day of the Dead stamps are really cool, which is a uh, a horizontal strip of four. And I know my wife will appreciate the uh, the uh, coffee stamps block of four <laughs> of uh, latte, espresso, the espresso drinks, cappuccino, and uh, mocha, cafe mocha. mocha. Yeah. No doubt she will want to use those on. All of our correspondence. I hate to ask, but what are the little, the cartoon stamps? The message monsters? Yeah, what are those? The four fun designs of this new pane of 20 stamps invite interactivity with dozens of self-adhesive accessories that personalize your cards, letters, and envelopes for delighted recipients. Decorations includes decorations include hearts, hats, voice balloons, flowers, and thought bubbles. So you're supposed to stick those adornments on top of the stamp? I don't know. It just has a picture of the actual stamps on the USPS website. So well, it's yeah, hard they to say. say Forever USA, so I'm guessing they are the stamp. Right, but that... Unless the sheet actually comes with the little uh, yeah, stickers think, on the side. Right. Oh. I have to see. Like but it, it just shows a strip of four out of the pane. It doesn't show the actual pane itself. So... 
Let's see. Overall, what do we Missouri, think? Missouri statehood looks nice. Yeah. Overall, which ones do we think uh, Linz is going to put at the top when when they have the election? I think personally, the coffee stamps look pretty good. Yeah, that's a nice design, but I'm not sure that um, that the uh, commemor. You know, what what is it about coffee that deserves the commemoration? Just the fact that they're popular. Getting millions of Americans out of bed every day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to ask me, I'd say Western Wear or Mid-Atlantic Lighthouses. I like the Mid-Atlantic Lighthouses. Those are cool looking. Yeah, there's a lot of coffee jokes that we could insert right here. Um, my favorite is uh, coffee doesn't protect your life, but... It does reduce my chance of killing you. <laughs> well, on that note, we need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our foreign internet connections. You can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our address is P.O. Box 539-309, Henderson, Nevada, 89053. You've been listening to Stamp Show here today, episode number 290. This was Tom. This was Cash. This was Scott. This was Mark. This was Albert. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.